Welcome to Beyond the Bell. Today's guest is Sarah Govis, who is currently student teaching U.S. history and sociology just outside of St. Paul, Minnesota. She attends Winona State University and has been thrown into hybrid teaching due to the pandemic. Sarah is a former student of mine, and I thought it would be interesting to speak with someone who's currently student teaching, because as someone who's been teaching for over 20 years, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be starting for the first time right now. Sarah, welcome, and tell us all about what student teaching is like for you. Hello, thank you. Um, Yeah, so like you said, um, teaching during a pandemic is pretty wild, but it's also the only thing that I know so far. So that's been interesting for sure. Um, So we are currently in um, a hybrid sort of deal. So we have A group students and B group students and a third group that is virtual learning academy students. So we see our group A students on um, Mondays and Wednesdays. We see our B group students on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then our BLA kids who are all online, we um, meet with on Fridays and we have a little chat with them about what we've been talking about in class, um, answer any questions that they have. We usually meet um, with them for about an hour every week. That's all that they're required to um, be in class for. So it's definitely been interesting. Our classes are very small. They're between seven and 12 students. We only have 15 desks in the classroom. Um, So, you know, I was hoping that part of the thing that I would learn in student teaching was classroom management, but it's been so quiet that it hasn't even been a problem. It seems like all the kids are so scared to talk with their masks on. That's really interesting that like, cause that's usually as a student teacher, the most challenging part is the classroom management. I've worked with a few student teachers before in, you know, my 20 years of teaching and that's always the like thing we work on the most, but um, because there's so few students and the mass and what other like safety protocol do you guys have? I mean, obviously desk six feet apart or do they have like plastic shields up or what what is it that kind of like for you so we don't have like the plastic shields or anything like that um the desks are as far apart as they can be which is definitely not six feet um but they're they're spaced out pretty far um all the kids are required to wear masks if for some reason they can't wear a mask they are required to wear a face shield um they are not allowed to move from their desk at all during class. We cannot have them get up. They can't move around the room. Um, We aren't allowed to physically pass out anything to them. Everything has to be online. Um, The only thing that was actually passed out to them was like their textbook, which they also have an online version of that if that's what they wanted to use instead. Um, Between every class, we have to spray down the desks with um, like sanitizer. So we do that three times a day. And then every night the janitors come in and respray down the room and they tell you that you don't want to be in the room when that happens because apparently it just reeks like chemicals. Um, So yeah, it's been intense as far as that goes, but thankfully we haven't had too many cases. That's good. So you have, you mentioned this VLA group, which is your virtual learning Academy is what they're calling it. So is it, are you, also teaching to them as you're teaching to these like 10 kids that are 
physically in your classroom? Or no, no? we're not. No. So we only, the only time that they're actually required to be in class is when we chat with them on Fridays. Okay. So they're getting all the curriculum via an online management system. Yep. And so we use Schoology here. Okay. And how was that learning that for, like for you? Um, at the beginning, it was definitely a little bit of a learning curve because we didn't use Schoology when I was in school. Um, we used like Moodle. I don't know if you guys still do that, um, but we used that. And then, but that's funny, Moodle. I never did Moodle even when other teachers did, but yeah. Um, and then at Winona, we used um, D2L, Desire to Learn, um, which is like similar to Schoology, but it's definitely different being on like the other side of it and seeing like what teachers get to see. Um and so there was definitely some learning that had to be done about how to like add assignments and things like that. It took me a little bit, but I'm pretty comfortable with it now. So did your, did Winona, where you are, you know, learning how to be a teacher, did they prepare you at all for learning management systems? Does that even like come up um, in your classroom? In my experience, it didn't. Um, because, I mean, when I was taking my classes, it was very pre-pandemic. Um, and so I, di- I don't even think that that was something that they, like, considered was what kind of learning management um, systems schools might be using. Yeah, I wonder if that will change, just like the way that um, teacher ed programs shift a little bit now, too, as schools are changing. Like, for example you know, where you went to school, now we're using Canvas. And I mean, we're going to be using this when we go back in person too. It's like they've committed into it as a district. So like everything's shifting to like more online. Um, but I'm curious, okay, so you have the VLA students are accessing the curriculum that you've posted via Schoology. And then when you see these class groups in person, what do those lessons look like? Um, Sarah teaches history. So what do those lessons look like? Um, it's a lot less interactive than I would like them to be. Um, I do try to, like if I'm lecturing them, I do try to like include something at the end that's like discussion questions or something that like requires participation. But it's been very hard getting them to participate um, because the classes are so small and they're like far apart. Um, a lot of them don't have like their friends near them, you know, nothing like that. Um, so I, I just wish that it could be more interactive. I wish that I could like have them move around the room or like do something to get, you know, their blood pumping a little bit. Um, but this trimester has been a little bit better in terms of like participation and things like that. They're a little bit more willing to participate and work with me. So like when you say participation, you mean like responding out loud to something? Yeah, exactly. Or even just like working with a partner next to them, like even trying to get them to do that last try was like pulling teeth. Hmm. Do you do you think when they're working, even with a partner, they have to still keep their desks apart? So is it just they're working on something online together? Yeah. So like they'll each have like their own computer. They're still as far apart as they can possibly be and so until you student taught this semester, which you've been in this hybrid situation the whole time, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you mentioned you're going fully remote soon. Yes. Okay. Next week. 
yeah, so I'll talk to you about that in a second. But did you, when you were doing, like, did you do any observations or any practicum or anything like that through your program? Yeah. Pandemic, yes. Yeah. So um, my sophomore year, or no, my junior year, when I was accepted to the program, my first um, sort of like experience with students was I did um, like a, it was an after school program for kids um, that were, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, that were struggling in school, whether it was um, physically, emotionally, whatever, students that had just moved into the area. Um, That was my first experience. I worked with a girl that had just moved to Winona um, from St. Paul, I believe, actually. And so I worked with her for a semester. And then um, I did a semester of AVID at um, the high school, if you're familiar with AVID. West has AVID now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did a semester of AVID, which I loved. That was probably like my favorite um, experience so far. And then first semester senior year, I did, um, and I went to um, a fifth grade class in La Crescent and in La Crescent, their fifth graders are in middle school. So it was technically like a middle school field experience, but they were really little. (laughs) Um, And then second semester before um, the pandemic happened, I was at um, Winona Middle School and I was um, in a U.S. history classroom there. So kind of looking back at those experiences of being in the classroom and just, you know, being a student yourself, like, how do you feel that it's, what, what's the biggest difference between what you thought teaching was going to be and what it is right now, at least? Um, I guess I thought that kids were going to be way more horrible, (laughs) which might sound really mean, but like, I don't know, like, not that any of the kids were like mean to me when I was doing like my field experiences or anything like that. But I definitely thought that like being a student teacher, they were kind of going to be like, Oh, like she's fresh meat. She's not a real teacher. Like we can do whatever she, we can do whatever we want because she's not a real teacher. Um, But I haven't really had that problem. And maybe it's just because they're not in as big like classes and maybe they are a little bit afraid. (laughs) Um, But it hasn't been as difficult to manage them as I thought it would be. Well, that's, that's good. I, that part of it at least, but you know, I'm sure it's hard. Like I've thought about like, if we go back hybrid, what my classroom is going to look like. And I do so much group work and discussion that I can't wrap my head around the idea of like, I mean, you know, you have me as a teacher. I don't, I barely lecture. It's so much like activity or like group work and discussion. And so it's like, how do you do that safely in, in person, you know, other than kids working on their computers, which is what they're doing now, you know, on zoom. So it's like, you know, so what, why did your school decide to go remote? So we have had a huge increase in cases, um, which is partially due to um, the prison that is in our boundaries. Um, And there's also a nursing home in our boundaries that has seen um, a very large rise in cases. But in addition to that, after we had MEA weekend, which here is a break for um, like teachers mostly, but it's also for the students. So between um, 
it's like right before the end of the trimester, we have um, two days off. And um, after two weeks after that weekend, there was a huge rise in cases. And they are assuming that that trend is going to continue after Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. So they decided that um, on Friday next week would be our last day in the school building. And then after that, we're going remote just to hopefully prevent anything that could happen over break. Have they told you how long you're going to be remote or just indefinitely at this point? Indefinitely at this point. They're hoping that by the end of this trimester, um, hopefully we'll be back in the school. So the trimester for them ends um, around March, I believe. So I think that they're hoping they're, I mean, ideally, I think they're hoping that we'll come back over winter break or after winter break, I should say, but I don't know. And that, and so you're done though in December because your does your semester ends in December. Yeah. So, right. so I'm done um, about halfway through December. December 11th is my graduation date. So you'll have like a month of remote teaching. And what is that going to look like for you? Schoology and Zoom or Schoology and what? Um, we've been using WebEx because it's a little bit safer than Zoom according to the school at least, or we use Google Meets. Um, WebEx is probably the easiest I think to use. It's super easy to share your screen. Um, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it now that we've used it um, for like staff meetings and stuff like that. Um, So instead of having like group A, group B, VLA, we have all of the kids every single day, Monday through Friday. Oh, wow. So you're gonna have all the kids online in a normal schedule. What are your periods like? So we start, um, now that we're online, we'll start at nine. So then we go from nine to 10 mm-hmm. and then we go, we have a, or it's, it's nine to nine fifty. We have a 10 minute break, 10 to ten fifty, And then we have 11 to eleven fifty. And then what happens? And then, um, we're just supposed to like have office hours for the students. If any of them have questions. Okay, so every day you have one hour with the classes that you have. Yes. Okay, and you teach U.S. history and and sociology. sociology. Okay. So is that at a full time schedule? Three classes there because it's a block. Yeah. So we don't have a third class, so um, we're not technically full time like we were last semester because um, now we only have two classes. But yeah, three periods would be a a full schedule. And how, how have the students been this week? Have they wanted to talk about the election or? Um, a little bit. I hear them talking to like each other about it. Um, but I've, I've been surprised that it hasn't been more of something that they want to talk to. Last semester, I feel like we almost got more of that. Um, after the first debate, the kids really wanted to talk about it. And we did spend quite a bit of time talking about um, the debates and stuff. But I was surprised that not as many kids um, really wanted to talk about it this year. Or this try, I should say. In terms of your, in your U.S. history class. Yeah, like I didn't hear any of them bring it up or say that they even wanted to talk about it. And so you said you talked about um, the Electoral College with them, though, this past week? Yeah, and because our teacher was not wanting to dive into any Trump-Biden stuff, we used the electoral map from 2000 with Al Gore and George Bush. 
oh, just to educate them on yep. what white race might look like. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, 2000, I still have nightmares about. <laughs> I, I was in grad school in 2000 learning how to be a teacher. So, you know. What a time. It's full circle, Sarah. <laughs> um, so what are you doing to like keep yourself like sane? Because to me, student, when I look back to student teaching, it was the most difficult semester that I ever had other than my first year of teaching. So I just remember working so hard. And, you know, of course, like you're, you're doing this shift of like hybrid and doing all these different things. And that was just like me teaching three preps in a classroom. Uh, And so I can't imagine like the anxiety levels are just like, oh my God, now we're going remote and I've got to rethink my lessons and all that kind of thing. So what are you how are you feeling first and what are you doing to kind of not do schoolwork? Um, well, so I, I guess I'm just stressed because I've never taught a class online. And even when we went uh, remote with Winona State, my second semester of senior year, um, my teachers didn't want to do Zoom meetings. I only had one professor that did Zoom meetings and we had two of them before the end of the semester. The rest of my professors just recorded their lessons and posted them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm definitely getting a little nervous about having to be the one um, on Zoom or WebEx, whatever we end up using. And I'm my other fear is that I won't be able to see my students' faces because when we meet with the VLA students, they almost never have their cameras on. Just be prepared for that. I mean, you turn on your, you know, your meeting or whatever, and they all have their cameras off at the high school level. It's very disheartening and jarring at first. It takes a while to get used to and like have to think of engagement in other ways. I mean, today I literally... I'm teaching digital storytelling, which is sort of like when you were there, like broadcast, but it's more for even kids who might not be interested in broadcasting because it's less broadcast and more like just learning how to use digital tools to make videos and podcasts and things like that. But I literally put like 19 kids in a class. I put them each in individual breakout rooms to like work on an assignment. And then I popped into all of their breakout rooms to like check in with them and like try and have one-on-one conversations because they don't want to talk in front of anybody or unmute themselves. And then um, also to, you know, talk about students about late work and things that, you know, they probably don't want other students hearing about. Absolutely. To have a little bit of that one-on-one time. So you have to come up with like these different strategies to actually like have interactions with your students. And even then not a single one of them turned on their camera. They unmuted and talked to me. So, yeah, I mean, it's really drastic. I mean, and you like to, it's really hard to make connections with students this way. Absolutely. Like, I mean, think about Sarah used to be, um, the news editor for our school newspaper and she was like that was sort of where we built our relationship was in that sort of setting I can't imagine like trying to like build those relationships all online exactly Um, 
So I'm happy that we at least have had, you know, we'll have three weeks by the time we go online with them. Um, but it's still just like sad that I feel like I won't get to know them much better before we move to online. Um, one thing that I noticed did help um, when we had a VLA meeting um, a couple weeks ago was my cooperating teacher brought his dogs on camera. And so that inspired a couple of the kids to turn on their cameras, even just for a minute or two to show off their animals. So maybe I can ask them to show off their pets if they have any. Um, one of my friends from school, she is teaching seventh grade English and she like does different days for them in hopes of having them turn their cameras on. So she had crazy hat day with them. Um, which might work a little bit better with middle schoolers than high schoolers, but right. I'm hoping to try something like that to get them to turn on their cameras and talk to me. Yeah, it's it's a challenge for sure. So what are, what are you doing to kind of keep your, yourself sane, though, throughout all of this? Well, I, I moved in with my boyfriend, which has been a big help because I actually like living with him. No more crazy college roommates, which I'm a big fan of. Um, also, just like, you know, coming home and trying to step away from it as much as I can. Um, yeah. I've been watching Portlandia a lot, which is a very good show. Um, you know, we'll play Mario Kart or Mario Party, whatever, anything like that. Um, and I've also been working part-time at a liquor store, which is a little bit embarrassing, but it also gives me something to do. That's uh, like you're doing that to make money on the side because right in student teaching, like you can't. That's so hard that you're trying to work right now too. Yep. Wow. It's It's been busy, but. Working. Hmm. How many hours a week are you working? Um, only between like 10 and 15. I don't work more than two or three days a week. So thankfully it hasn't been too crazy. Wow. Good for you. That's a lot. And I uh, wish you the best too when you start your job hunt. Thank you. I will probably need it. Yeah, well, and it's, it's hard too because you're kind of stopping student teaching in the middle of the year, but you can start to like work on you know, your resume and all that kind of stuff before, you know, that hopefully sometimes in the spring, early spring, like I was hired in March, like, so sometimes there, you know, there'll be opening starting around then. I'm hoping that maybe there's like a, a long-term sub position or something like that, that yeah. maybe I could get into um, in December if there's That's a school great. going back to hybrid and the teacher isn't comfortable with being in the yeah. school. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of those opportunities. So, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Sarah. I, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to see you, even though it's over Zoom. It's been a little while since we've been able to sit down and have coffee. So, thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Bell. If you are interested in being a guest on this podcast or know of someone who might be interested please direct message me on Twitter at Evelyn A. Lauer and send me your contact information and I will be in touch with you regarding how to become a guest on this show. I am looking for teachers from all disciplines, 
of all levels who are currently teaching remotely, hybrid, or in person. I hope you'll continue to listen to this podcast as we continue to teach during this global pandemic. Thank you. Bye.